All right. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another Antler and Feather Co. podcast, the podcast for new and adult onset hunters. My name's Vince. I'm going to be your host. And I have with me this week, Brian Gay, Mr. Bobcat himself, a.k.a. Cooter. Depends on what day of the week it is. If it's Wednesday, you're getting his cousin Cooter. But anyway, if you don't know what that means, you need to go follow Brian, Bobcats and Broadheads on Instagram, because otherwise, out of context, that last sentence was probably really confusing and weird. But anyway, I've got Brian with me, and this week we're sitting down with Bradley Cox from Buckeye Brothers Outdoors. Um, he's coming on here to join us. Uh, to my knowledge, Bradley is going into his first year turkey hunting. He is not, it's not his first year hunting, but first year turkey hunting. So we want to talk to him about that. So this is Turkey Camp episode number five. Um, I know I'm having a great time talking to different people, what their tactics are, what their techniques are, um, and how they're going to approach the turkey game this year, wherever they're at. So with that, guys, how are we doing today? Brian, I, well, no, excuse me. Excuse Brian me. ain't here, baby. This excuse is me. time. It's We've time. got a, a special guest uh, that we weren't planning on, and we don't know how long he's going to be here. Cooter is in the house. What's going on, Cooter? I'm good, baby. <laughs> how y'all doing? We're doing good, man. How are, uh, I heard you fell on some hard times today. Man, I tell you what, they get upset when you cut the sleeves off your shirt to use the toilet paper down there, tiggly wiggly, and all I was doing was cutting meat. It wasn't like it was a big deal. I wasn't hurting nobody. I just, they'd run out and I didn't, I was not messing in my coveralls. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I already so... got peanut butter on them earlier this week. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm glad you were able to join us tonight. I know you've, you mentioned you've been drinking since you were laid off earlier today, which is what, probably like 10 a.m. or so. Well, um, it was a disagreement and. They decided to escort me out. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm glad you're here. Bradley, how are you doing today, man? I am doing well, brother. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So just so everyone who's listening knows right now, um, the plan is to get this whole episode in and aired. If you guys hear like, I don't know, rain, thunder, a tornado, um, currently in Iowa, uh, we've got a pretty nasty storm system coming through. So we are hoping that my power doesn't go out and we can just get this whole thing in and tornadoes don't touch down anywhere. Um, but just a heads up on that. If you guys hear, you may, I don't know how good my mic is. It may be picking up tornado sirens, <laughs> things like that. So we'll see. We'll see what we got going on. But so, uh, hey, Cooter, I heard that Brian got a new logo for Bobcats and Broadheads. Well, it's in the works. You see, he found this fella that used to be in the Marine Corps with him, and uh, he's a bit of an artiste, you know? Yeah. And uh, they ran into each other, he said, and they had a conversation about some who knows what. And uh, he's he drew some stuff up on his own, but it looked like a daggum left-handed second grader done drawn it, because, you know, the way <laughs> he's... Well, he ain't as good talented as I am, you know? Right, So right. he asked for some help and got it... You know, so we're working on some stuff. Maybe, you know, he just needs, all he needs from me is the financial backing, you see. Well, that's going to be kind of difficult considering you just lost your job for. No, I told um, you before I got all my money in a mason jar underneath my mattress. Oh, that's right. That's right. right. Yeah, it keeps the swelling and my wife's ankles down. $76, baby. Hey, it's $74.80. 
<laughs> down to the penny. <laughs> yeah, I had to buy some chewing tobacco, see? That's why All now. right. Chew and some natty light. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, believe it or not, guys, this is a uh, a Christian podcast. So before we get going too crazy with Cooter, I'm gonna stop and say a quick prayer, um, and then we'll hop into some of the the questions and conversation that we got for uh, Bradley. And I'm sure Cooter will have his own set of questions <sighs> that he's thought about. So. <laughs> All right. Uh. Lord Jesus, um, we we thank you again for another opportunity to wake up, um, to breathe your air, to open our eyes. Uh, we're only able to do that because you you found it fit, um, and, and we just we thank you for that. Getting to experience your creation um, every day, uh, I think we all get real busy. We get caught up in life. Um, I know I'm very guilty of that, and we take everything for granted. And uh, the truth is, our our very breath is because you said so. Um, right. So we, we thank you so much for that. Um, I do want to pray for right now. Um, obviously, this podcast for all of us is kind of the the least of our worries. Um, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But in terms of safety with what's going on in my area and throughout the Midwest and um, as well as family in Arkansas right now, I know some tornadoes touched down earlier. Um, we are asking for you to... Um, just be over the situation. I know that sometimes sometimes this stuff just happens. Um, we can pray that you would uh, not let it happen, but sometimes it does. Um, and you have, a, you have a grander plan than we do. So I just pray that you're with us. Um, protect us uh, however you see fit. Um, obviously, I boldly ask that you would break this storm up before it gets here um, and, and just keep all of us in the area and throughout the country that's, that are going to experience this. Keep us safe. And in your arms, and I know you will. Um, I also thank you for Bradley and Brian. Um, I, I'm, I'm thankful that they give their time up to come talk to me about something that we love so much that uh, a gift that you've given us. So be with us the rest of the conversation, Lord. Um, again, I know you are, and I know you will. And we ask all of this in Jesus' great name. Amen. 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 All right. Woo! <laughs> oh man <Yeehaw>. <laughs> so sorry cooter i left you out of the uh prayer that's I figured, fine you can't I figured, pray for cooter that's almost a sin yeah that's kind of what i thought I, I figured you've already got it figured some out some folks may God, take so. that the wrong way you know <laughs> right but no um so bradley let's just get into your general hunting background first first of all because you had mentioned to me that this is going to be your first time turkey hunting but this is not your first time hunting. You've you've been hunting. I'm not sure how long. I'm sure we're about to find out. But what is your general hunting background? How'd you get into it? How'd you find archery and fall in love with that? Uh, well, first and foremost, I'm Bradley Cox. Um, I am part of Buckeye Brothers Outdoors. Uh, I currently reside just across the Ohio line in Pennsylvania right now and uh, grew up in the, the Columbiana County area of Ohio, Northeast Ohio. So uh, how I grew up, got raised into hunting was from my father, uh, which I'm very, very thankful for. Um, grew up in a good Christian home um, and had a father that loved the outdoors. And he naturally took me with him growing up uh, at a very young age. I started hunting at the age of seven. I went through my hunter safety course at a young age. Um, started hunting at the age of seven, mainly just kind of sitting beside dad during archery season. 
Right. Um, but then you season came around and dad was all about the boys. So <laughs> those so, are extra yeah. tags, baby. You got to get those kids. That's what exactly I was right. Doing, man. I had tags. <laughs> exactly right. I had tags for unborn kids that I was timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, first gun I ever shot was a 45 cal muzzleloader. Nice. That was a, my very first gun. So uh, my favorite, my favorite gun to shoot for a long time. Um, but I really focused on gun season more so than archery all the way up until I was about 13, 14, 15, sometime in that, my early teens, um, when I started transitioning and I started shooting with a crossbow. Mm -hmm. Um, that's how my father kind of introduced me to archery and, uh, goodness, he, he sacrificed a lot of his time to, to teach me how to shoot a crossbow and how I should aim a crossbow and um goodness back in the early 2000s I mean crossbows really weren't <laughs> that, that great right, right. you know the, the technology's advanced quite a bit since then so yeah. um wasn't really allowed to shoot out past 20 yards with my dad's crossbow at least let's just say I lost a lot of his arrows yeah <laughs> growing, <laughs> growing up but uh no and then I I, I found uh, compound archery hunting uh, back in 2016 and uh, that was a, a game changer for me um, never got into turkey hunting or anything but I'm just an avid whitetail hunter I love I love being in the deer woods studying and uh, picking up on how mature deer move so yeah. that's my area of expertise good deal yeah we uh I can definitely learn some stuff from you on that man <laughs> yeah I yeah didn't... I didn't grow up at my, it's kind of weird. I, my household was, I mean, we've always been like conservative, um, you know, but we just didn't have guns in the house. None of my family had guns. I think my grandparents, uh, my grandpa Bill might've hunted way, way, way back in his day. But when, when we were growing up, hunting just wasn't a thing. Guns weren't a thing. Uh, my dad is very pro second amendment, but he doesn't, doesn't mm-hmm. own any, never, never wanted to mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So hunting for me, yeah, it just kind of, it sprung up when I was like 26 or 27 in my mind and just kind of bothered me until I pursued it. But, um, so how did you get into archery? How did you, how did you transition from a crossbow to, I'm going to piss people off the real deal. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Crossbows are great. It's a great, it's a great tool. It's a great starting point, but how'd you get yes. into actually yep. picking up a, a bow and, and going down the road of, of bow hunting? So my cousin, Matt, I mean, he is a, he was a big influence on in my life growing up into archery. I should say, um, he, his first bow was a bow tech assassin. If I remember correctly. And I went up to his house for a family reunion and I'd, think i'd only ever shot a compound bow maybe once or twice before that and it just didn't at that time i it's not something that i cared about i was real into sports growing up Mm -hmm. um and that was just kind of put on the back burner but when i went up to that family reunion he pulled out he's like dude look at this new bow i got (laughs) and he started shooting i'm like man that looks pretty cool you know yeah and at at that time i was like you know i'll give it a try and uh he pulled it out i got in the backyard and started shooting it and i was like man i had the target perfect so i <laughs> got another arrow and i shot it again and i i was immediately i felt like i was hooked yeah 
And I went home and I couldn't get my mind off it. So I went to Field and Stream and um, spent $350 and bought a PSE drop tine at Field and Stream. There you go. <laughs> it was just a, just a cheap beginner bow. Um, and I shot the living daylights out of that bow the rest of that summer. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the remnants of that year. So really? my very first compound deer, very first compound deer was a public land deer. Um, and I was pumped. That's a solid, pumped. that's a real solid, I mean, public yeah, land, probably. first compound. I mean, that's a good, yeah. that's a good buck for an experienced dude. <laughs> Heck yeah. You done, it, you it's probably said. about a buck 10, I would say. You done said you wasn't about, but what, 16? Knee high to, you weren't knee high to a grasshopper, right? So you were youngins. <laughs> you, you, was, you was youngin' when you shot that one. Yes. So it was a lot bigger when you were yeah. a lot smaller. I was... <laughs> that's right that's yeah. right yeah. That's <laughs> I, one of the... I had never killed a deer like that with a with a bow before i think I, <laughs> with a crossbow i shot a bunch of button bucks and doe so yeah <laughs> um i got my my biggest deer believe it or not was killed with a shotgun back in 2013 so, yeah 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 that's a funny thing when uh you get the little kids out there for youth season and you know they could shoot a spike and when they get behind it and they got it, looks enormous oh, just because yeah. they're so small. Their little yep. hands, it's so yep. awesome. I'm so excited for whenever, when I'm, I'm, I'm hoping my boys, um, as they grow up, I have a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. And uh, I'm hoping and praying that, that they continue to love the outdoors and, and get out in the woods right. with me. And I'm so excited for that, that moment when they get their first one. It's just going to, you know, it does take, like you were saying with your dad, it takes a lot of sacrifice from the the parents side of hunting but i mean when you have kids like watching your kids succeed is way way better than uh you doing anything yourself anyway so right right hopefully my boy can can get hooked up like you did that like i said that's a hell of a buck anyway yeah (laughs) yeah i and and, you know to touch on the kids i mean i've got three myself and i'm excited last year it was late it was like early bow season, you know. I, I'm an avid outdoorsman. I'm an avid archer when it comes to hunting, hunting bow season. But, I mean, these guys, I did, they didn't have a crossbow or anything, and that was the first thing that popped into my head. I was like, oh, I gotta get these guys a crossbow. Yeah. By the t- by, the t- by the time we were like October, I mean, I'm, like you said, sacrifice is a big thing, and I was struggling with that because <laughs> like mid to late October for me, yeah, I'm like honed in. I'm honed in on prime time at that point right. in time um so i feel like that kind of got unfortunately put on the back burner a little bit there and i'm excited to get that bow out this summer and get these kids shooting just so yeah. they can get that comfortability there right. with the uh, with the crossbow so uh, i'm excited about it i'm my youngest is five uh then brantley will will be 11 next month and then Braden is 12 so uh I'm excited to see this year. Uh, hopefully, two out of the three can get get on the ground. That'd be awesome. So, do they do they go in the woods with you as much as? I mean, there's obviously times when you need to, like, you need to seriously scout or do something where it's like, I love my kids, but like, I've I've gone shed hunting a handful of times this year, but I always bring my son with me, and like, you're not yeah, you're not finding it's anything. Tough. You know what I mean? You got to watch, mm-hmm. you got to watch mm-hmm. your, your kid run around a cornfield and 
they're tripping and like falling on corn <laughs> yeah. stalks and you're like you're about to get impaled oh, yeah. by a corn stalk <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, I, I i mean i get it i do I, I lived it i've put on probably 20 plus miles this year and five of them are with the kids i yeah. would say yeah but uh yeah they do go out a good bit um Brantley, Braden, and Grayson all came with me last year, and they all got to go on track jobs with me. So oh, that, that's cool. That was extremely. That was one of those moments where you just like, wow, proud dad moment. Right. Uh, you know, they they came, they held the legs when I was field dressing the deer. They were getting their hands in there. You had to make them get their hands in there a little <laughs> bit because they were just like, what is that? Oh, yeah. they stink. You know. But uh, no, for the most part, they were pretty well involved when it came to field dressing or uh, just going and sitting with me. Um, but no, it was enjoyable for sure. And like you said, there's definitely a time where it's prime time. It's time to hone in. Yeah. And uh, it's just dad time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's important to try to get both. I mean, obviously, when your kid's out there, but for your own mental sanity, too. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, shout I, out to the wives who can put up with it every day. <laughs> right, right. Hey, Cooter, you mentioned how many kids you got, Cooter? Man, I'll tell you what. Let me hear. Let me, so, how many kids do you know about? So anyway? my dad took me hunting. Well, he didn't take me hunting. He took me on a tracking job because I had the best nose in the county about the time I was 12, 13, 14 years old, like you say. <laughs> This was a while ago, but my dadgum hands and knees got so dang skinned up running through them cornfields and swamps and stuff that it wasn't no good. I was only good for about 140 yards. See, my pappy wasn't that good of a shot. But then he got mad at me and whipped me. But oh, we, we found it eventually. We, you know, we found him eventually. We just had to start doing, we was walking in circles for a bit, but, you know, I had to fill out this form through the government they came to the house and said well hey listen we want to make sure you can have kids because looking at you we don't think you should be allowed to so today says that i'm allowed to practice but that's as far as it goes i ain't allowed yeah. to do nothing but practice yeah. and that's okay by me because that's the only part i like <laughs> Oh, oh man! So, oh, <clears throat> with your love of hunting and archery, um, obviously you were one of the you were one of the uh, first guys, most consistent guys when I had the uh, AFCO Arrowwood Day thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's it's still going on in the hearts of of many, but <laughs> not for. <formally. laughs> but uh, yeah. no, you were one of the guys that were were consistent. Whether you're shooting your bow, um, I, I know you love archery. You love to shoot your bow. Do you partake in any 3D events or anything over the summer? Um, so, unfortunately, I do not. Um, I do have a, an archery shop up the road that has an indoor 3D course that I've shot at quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, like, Total Archery Challenge or Mountain Archery Fest, things like that, no, I have not uh, been a part of those events. I look forward to getting involved in those things. Um, if I'm being honest with you, I knew nothing of them before social media yeah. Um, I mean, we've had our page here for two years, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think we really did much with it up until probably November. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm being honest with you, I mean, I, I mean, had maybe 20 posts and maybe 100, 100 friends, and it was just local right. friends around home. Right. Um, and it, it was actually called Overland Brothers Outdoors was oh, what okay. we started it because uh, my brother's a big Jeep guy. Um. And, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how we transitioned to Buckeye, but uh, I mean, I, I do know it's because we're from Ohio, but right. Um, we were posting a lot of our trucks, our Jeeps in the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, going off road and things like that, an occasional deer post. But then my brother Garrett actually brought it to our attention. Like, man, we spend a lot more time hunting than we do jacking up our trucks or right. going to the beach and driving off road and things like that. So why don't we, why don't we transition from Overland brothers outdoor to something outdoorsy, like for, for hunting purposes. And I was like, shoot, let's think of a name. Yeah. So we started doing the, it started out at, uh, after Overland Buckeye underscore outdoors. So that was something that we, we came together as a group of brothers and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. And that was like November time frame. So we dove all in. And uh, it's kind of taken off from there. I, I feel like it's kind of been a grind. I mean, it's not about the followers. It's about the impact you're making in, to those followers. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I want to be a godly influence. Our group is to be a godly influence to those around us um, and who are watching. So uh, Christ comes first in everything that we do and that's that i want that to be the main thing mm -hmm. throughout our tenure as buckeye brothers outdoors so um we were at about 800 followers and uh buckeye outdoors we went to trade market and found out that there was a small organization in northeast ohio that had taken that name so we had to we were like kind of panicking because yeah. at that moment we were just like <laughs> we were making hat designs and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And we're like, Oh no. So, uh, we ended up kind of conversing and changing it to Buckeye brothers outdoors about a month ago. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's not, it's not all about the name, but, um, I just want people to know who we are and it all starts with Christ and he's blessed tremendously. And, uh, we got a one K giveaway coming up soon. So I'm excited. Yeah. That's awesome. If you guys are listening uh, right now, pause it. Go follow him right now. Where? What is your? What is the actual at that they can find you at? So, it's just at Buckeye Brothers Outdoors. Yeah. There's, that's no spaces, no underscores, nothing like that. Just straight Buckeye Brothers Outdoors. Yeah. This this show's not that good, guys. So just pause it. Go follow him and then come back if you want to. <laughs> I think it's great. I love what y'all are doing. I think it's phenomenal. Well, I'm just glad that, you know, you were, you were humble enough to come on here with well, us. Well, you, know, you know, I love, I, I love Brian, um, but he can be, he can be kind of uh, pretentious. I don't even know what that and means. You're just, you know, you're I don't even there. know what that means. <laughs> that rascal, he's got two children. Well, he's got two children, right? One of them is about ready to go to the colleges, right? They got to do an int intro walk around oh. tomorrow. He's like, I, I need my sleep. I got to drive two hours to the south. I got to take this child to get to the thing. And I was like, son, sign me up. I'm in it. I'm drinking all night long. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're you going to frat parties now? Is that I your don't thing? Think my niece let me into okay, a frat right. party. Um, see. Well, no, they don't let you in. You just you're go. allowed to just show up at them. <laughs> Sign yeah. me up, baby. I'm, I'm going to have to find my shoes. You need <clears> – you may have to go get a toga. I heard those are pretty – those used to be pretty popular back in oh, – I say – a toga. <laughs> <laughs> there is a top and bottom 
to that, by the I way. I thought it was just, I thought no, it was back in my... or sheets on the windows or something. Y'all don't just take your sheets yeah, off you your need. windows and go wrap her up? <laughs> oh, I always, <laughs> I always look back. I say, I say, my college days. I always tell people, uh, I attended five different universities. I just never enrolled in any of them because <laughs> I, I went to a lot of college parties. But I, oh, I didn't. Uh, the academic side wasn't really that big for me back then. But um, so Not proud of it. But I can say the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'm at that place in my life too with like. Culturally speaking, like I started going back to school like two years ago um, and my wife is finishing her master's like she's got like one or two classes left. And so I started going back and then we had children and blah, blah, blah. And she's in school. So I took a break. And now it's like I don't even want to go back because of all the crazy stuff with the education system and just the way like. Right. I, I am. a am definitely a firm believer in. Uh, you took a college student loan, you need to pay it back. Like that's just how loans work. Agreed. But I'm also not going to neglect the fact that the U S government who issues those loans issued loans at extremely high interest rates with terrible payback, yes. payback plans. Yep. Um, so there's wrong on both sides. So it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a really sticky issue. All of that to say like, I don't want to go back to school now. Like I would love yeah. to finish my degree, but I'm not getting involved in that right now. And plus, no, man, I um, get it. I don't think I'd fit in very well in that atmosphere, that very, you know, mostly very liberal atmosphere. I, I don't think I would, I, I, I would, uh, <laughs> it would be a tough time. No, I, man, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I'm thankful. I went to a, I went to a Christian college down in Florida. Which yeah. one? Which and, one did you go uh, to? Left, left there debt free by God's grace. Uh, Pensacola Christian College down okay, in Florida. Bob, my Bobcat's brother-in-law went to Clearwater Christian College or something like that. Down there in the Clearwaters. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Him and yeah. his wife both. Yeah, our school played them in basketball. Bo cool. went to that college. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. I love that. I, I still remember <laughs> both of them. That one is word. one word. B-O-F-U-M. <laughs> both of them. <laughs> both of them. Both so, of them. <laughs> so, Bradley, you, you were obviously oh, an avid, avid outdoorsman, uh, big, big-time deer hunter. Why have you not hunted turkeys until this year? What has kept you from hunting turkeys? And then what has, I guess, inspired you to chase those birds this year? You know, uh, I will say this. Last year or maybe two years ago, I had the opportunity with my brother Garrett. And uh, Garrett's been hunting them a couple of years, but really not avidly, mm -hmm. I would say. He's gone out a few times. Um but there was a moment last year where my dad, my dad has 15 acres over in Ohio. Okay. And uh, we were, we were out in the backyard on an early spring day and it was, I think a couple days before season started and there's a big old open field out back behind my dad's house. And uh, there were two toms out there strutting in the field. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm, it's just, just the thought of it, you know, like let's go see if we can call them it. Like I didn't have a call or anything, but I just, I just used my mouth. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's all that I knew how to do. And I was like, okay, am I allowed to do it real quick? Yeah, just, for sure. It's not going to hurt your ears or anything. No, you're I, good. 
we walked over the field edge. We tucked, we tucked in some uh, deadfalls and just went. Shoot, dang on! Just all, like that. That's and all you need. <laughs> they they came right on in. It was like they were they were on a string. It felt like. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, if this was opening day. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Garrett, Garrett and I would have doubled up. Like it was sick, and uh, I did that, and they they got they turned on a dime, gobbled, and came right to us, and uh, we just didn't move. They didn't know where we were. They just walked right down past us on the Oak Ridge and down the hill. No so kidding. that was like that was one of those moments where I was like, oh oh man, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I think the most I think the reason why has just been my schedule with life the past few years yeah um went through a divorce like four years ago and then i it's been me and my kid my youngest kid grayson uh and then two years ago i met my, my current wife but it's been like a year and a half mm -hmm. i met my current wife and then naturally things get put on the back burner when you start a relationship yeah, and you're trying to sure. blend the family together so uh that ended up coming into play here and it just I don't know. I feel like life kind of took over. Yeah. And in, in, in those moments. So now I'm just like, okay, life settled down. I got a beautiful family. I got a wife that is super, super supportive of what we've got going on here uh, with Buckeye Brothers Outdoors. And she's kind of just been a blessing. So now it's just freed up a little bit more time for me to do what I love. Um, and I got a real good friend named Joe who has said, just come sit with me. I'll teach you how we do this, and we're going to get you a bird. He said, I promise you, we're going to get you a bird. So it got me a little bit excited. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I, I don't really know why I haven't got – I wasn't into it growing up. My dad really didn't hunt turkey. Um, so I never really thought about it. Yeah. Well, if it's – the story usually goes big-time deer hunter, and you're going to go turkey hunting. And when you get that first bird, when you call him in – and he comes in. I don't know what your setup's going to be. I don't know if you're planning on being just in a blind or if you're running a gunner or what. Um, when you call that thing in, and you've kind of experienced that with, with what you just mentioned, like when that yeah. thing comes in, it's strutting, it's gobbling, you're, you mm -hmm. feel like a buck or a deer comes in and you, you know, you get that like shake, you get the adrenaline. For me personally, like when that thing when you hear it, if you get to hear it, uh, spit and drum, if it's that close or just the thunder of a gobble close, like my goodness, you, you'll be, you'll be hooked. You'll be absolutely hooked. Yeah. And I'm sure I will be. I'm sure I will be. Yeah. And, and you got a good head start. Cause with your, with your call, just your natural call, like <laughs> I've said this before and I, I experienced it last year with my opening, uh, I killed a, a Tom on opening day everyone puts all this time into like if you listen to uh bo brooks you know who bo brooks is like I that, do not. that dude is a freaking just insane calling any animal but specifically turkey he makes like just ungodly great turkey calling and we like have these contests and everyone's real well when i heard a real group of hens I thought it was a hunter who had just picked up a box call and didn't know how to run it. It was so bad. Mm -hmm. It was the worst calling I've ever heard in my life. And it turned out to be the real thing. So yeah, <laughs> it really made me wonder like how as humans, we make things into what we want them to be. 
and we, like I said, right. we get real crazy with practicing calling and this and that. And really all you probably need is just a, and that's it. Yep. Like, yep. why are we spending all this money on calls? <laughs> Dude, it's all brand name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. I got, I got Woodhaven vocal cords over here. I think I just need to use those. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Oh gosh. What, what, what are your plans in terms of, do you know how you're going to hunt them? Are you hunting like private field or are you going to be in the timber? So I really haven't, we're, we're about a month out still over here in Pennsylvania. I think it's April 29th, I think is opening oh, day. You guys are and late. I, I, real late, real late. So, I mean, the, the talks of conversation really with my, with my buddy haven't been like too deep in the depth yet. Mm -hmm. He knows where these turkeys are. Mm -hmm. He said, just follow me. We're going to go get into them. I mean, I know I'm shooting a Remington 870 mm -hmm. um, and I got my turkey choke already in there. My brother Garrett bought it for me. Um, and he's already got it in, in my, in my barrel for me. Um, but I would really, really, really like, cause in, in, if you buy a fall hunting license here in Pennsylvania, as long as you buy a second Turkey tag, you can buy two Turkey tags essentially. Okay. Um, fall hunting license comes with a deer tag, a buck tag, and then you can get a fall or spring Turkey tag with that purchase. So as long as, if you buy another Turkey tag, before the season starts, you can get two. So mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So my goal is to get one with a, with a gun. I think I, I don't really want to be too picky, mm -hmm. you know, for my first one. Um, my goal is to get one down with a gun. But I really, really want to try and get one with a bow. Yeah. Um, and I know how hard that can be, but I, I really, really want to get one with a bow. And now I know it doesn't really count, but I was in a saddle last year in Ohio and uh i had a group of hens come in and they were kind of chirping at the top of the hill and uh i just did my natural and they walked down the path to my left i drew back and i shot a jake nice um and i wasn't getting down right away uh, i watched them run off i knew exactly where they went and went into some some thick stuff um but that was for a fall turkey tag over in ohio well i sat there in my saddle probably for another two to three hours. I got down, got my arrow covered in blood, took on the blood trail and I got to it and it was destroyed. Like what? It was destroyed. Coyote, coyote got to oh. it. Yeah. So that was a bummer. Um, so uh, again, it has nothing to do with going and actually hunting turkeys. I was hunting deer. Right. And it just happened to be that way. Hey man, um, that's turkey hunting still. That's kind of funny. It's sure. It's kind of sure. funny because Brian and I were talking about that last week. Uh, Brian was saying he wants to try to shoot one out of his saddle, and we were kind of like, "Why does it? Why don't we hunt turkeys out of a out of a tree?" You know, and we were kind of sure. throwing ideas around as to why we think that is. But there you go, Cooter. You can relay that to Brian. It what? can be done. I'd like to touch back on the calling. See, um, what I used to do, I think about it like picking up ladies <laughs> at the old honky tonk down the road here. Um, if you get shot, well, I used to just tie a hot dog onto the back of my pants and walk through the place, and I just pick up whatever was coming. Oh, but then I found that when I brought this nice young lady back to my trailer, sounded like she smoked at least fourteen packs of cigarettes a day. She got up in the morning before I did and got to, got to wheezing and hacking outside, and the whole daggum front yard was covered with birds. I says. 
What? Really? <laughs> I just started hacking a little bit, and these things come in. I said, would you like to go turkey hunting, darling? And then she got upset with me. <laughs> she got upset with me and jumped in her Ford Ranger and just took off. Didn't ever see her again. I've been looking for her. What year was the Ranger? It was in 1992. Look how these It was one of the, it was, oh. <laughs> it was a Ford Ranger splash. <laughs> Woo! Oh man! Yeah, baby, it was a splash oh, catching his inside bed and everything. It was fancy. <laughs> oh, gosh, well, oh, I don't know where to go from there. That's about all I know about home church. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah. That's all. Hey, I that's all about. you needed to know that year. Well, well, well until she took off, and then I didn't oh, know what to do. So it's hard. See, I got, I got this so, government issued teeth. It's hard to get into that calling like y'all do. With the, woo, woo. See, it doesn't work like that for me. Those wooden? They made out of wood? No, they're, they're, oh, they're veneers. I can't with this guy. He's killing me. They're, they're veneers. <laughs> got them on sale. Oh, get, get a, get a new, new pair you're... every 13 years. You are 100% more more enjoyable than Brian. Well, I think Sorry. I appreciate Sorry, that. Sorry, Brian, if you're listening. I appreciate that. He's kind of lame sometimes. He's no, I I got to talk with Brian. I got to talk with Brian on a live computer. I gotta have to have you on, but I'm in, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> he's lovely. Bobcats and broadheads. It's gonna die. It's gonna just be cooter. He's, yes, he's yes. a little bit better looking than I am, you know. But I think I got that swagger. I think I just turn like this, and I say, "Hey, baby." You want to go turkey hunting? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I think it's. Oh, I man. think it's the. Uh, <coughs> I think it's the greasy curls that get them. Well, I read the shine. I would say. I read that you're only supposed to wash your hair every third week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't oh, read man. so well. Well, it's it's natural. <laughs> see, it's natural. <laughs> I talked to my hairdresser, so, and she said every third week is fine. <laughs> as, as long as that week is the week that you go get your hair done. This is, y'all think this is, this is custom, baby. This is a. <laughs> so back to, back to uh, turkey calling, particularly, I put up a video today, um, kind of a, a tip because I've, I've seen a few people. Um, I know it's a thing because I've talked to people about it, just buddies about it and stuff like that, um, talking about trying to fight the urge to call to turkeys before the season opens. Um, hmm. I have a friend at work, um, and I, I also have done this, where you're driving home and there's a field and there's turkeys out there, or maybe you're out turkey scouting, whatever it may be. Your first, your first idea is like, oh, turkeys, oh, and yeah. and you want to see if you can call them in. You want to see if you can get a reaction. Are they gobbling yet? Will they gobble? Um, I just wanted to kind of touch on the importance of when it's preseason. Um, make sure you guys aren't trying to call with a yelp or any turkey related sounds, um, strictly because the season's not open yet. And there is, you know, depending on what the time frame is, they probably aren't coming to you anyway because their testosterone is just not there yet. Um, mm -hmm. 
But what you're doing is when you start doing that, you're educating those birds ahead of time. 100%. And you are giving them a reference for when opening day comes and you show back up to this spot because you're like, oh, there were turkeys. Maybe you did get one to gobble. I don't know. Um, They already know what you sound like. So exactly. With that, I was going to say, make sure you if you're if you just can't resist, which, hey, a lot of us can't. We see we see the animal out there. We want to talk to him. Try to use, try to use like an owl hoot, try to use, uh, like Shane Simpson. I've seen him do a coyote. You you can crow call, or maybe you can get crazy with a, um, a hawk or like Brian said before, slam, even a slam and car door can do it sometimes. Um, do you, I guess this is more for you, Cooter, since you Bradley haven't been out yet, but you can also answer this as a plan. If you know, what is your go-to locator call? Um, in the turkey woods that is not a turkey sound crow call i just use a crow call and then it they almost they what i've been told see is they they view them as a predator and then that when they gobble back it's a shock gobble just to say back up scooter or the thunder's coming right so then I know where it's at. I locate them with my ears, see, and then I get in spots where I know because they ain't gonna come down. They need a they need a good old landing strip for them things. They're they ain't very smooth when they're flying. I think it'll land right in the brush. So I, that's I ain't going in there. So I just figure them out, know where they're going, poke my little decoy out there, and I wait for them to get on the ground. Don't call them from the tree now, because then they're gonna they're gonna figure out what you are. And then bust your tail real quick. Yeah. <laughs> there have been a few times where uh, out at my dad's place, we know where they roost. There's a little valley on this little back road. Uh, we've seen them up in there a few times on the way to the woods. Um, but there have been a few times with my brother Garrett where we've been up early in the morning to head to the woods and we've been able to roll down and do it like a little owl hoot. Um, and I've got to hear them shot gobble off the roost before. But again, never, never heading into the woods to, to do a deer hunt or a turkey hunt. Yeah. But yeah, I actually, I was watching, who is it? Andy Melton. He, uh, he, he does a crow call with his own voice. And I was like, I use this. I'm not sure if it's a Quaker boy or what, I don't know what brand it is, but I have a crow call and I was like, I think I could probably do that. And it's one of the, it's one of those things where when you're alone in the woods or in your truck, you're willing to try it, but I would never do it in front of people because it's, it takes so much like <laughs> commitment to hit that like high pitch, like, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think, yeah, I think mine, the most successful I've had with a locator would, would definitely be a crow call. I don't, mm. I don't know that I've ever gotten one to respond to like an owl hoot. Um, I might have had them on the roost at night when I was roosting them. Um, I feel like I might have had one call back on an owl hoot, but I don't particularly get it loud enough to where it's going to shock a gobble out of them. I don't. (laughs) No, that's our secret signal. That's our signal. (laughs) Oh. Your signal. Yeah, go. Go for Cooter. It's cooter yeah, time. Look, look <laughs> go for I was it. out go one day with a good friend of mine. Uh, well, he's mine and Bobcat's friend. We call him the turkey whisperer. And he was out there getting <laughs> ate up by skeeters. 
on the out in front of the hood of his truck doing that owl hoot. Woo-hoo-hoo! Right? When I'd had a couple of beers and I was sitting in the truck and I wasn't hearing nothing. So what did I do? I just went ahead and blasted that horn, scared the shit right out of me, fell off the side of the truck, and then all of a sudden you hear them turkeys just firing off, baby. So I mean that that daggum owl call wasn't working for nothing, but as soon as I blew that horn, they was hollering crazy. Uh-oh. We knew right where they were, Von. So it may not always be the calls. Uh oh. I don't know what you just said, Cooter. I think this is going to locally record on your end, so I'll be able to hear it, but I don't know what you just said. <laughs> they shot the system. Right. <laughs> Do I need to say it again? <laughs> Cooter, your trailer doesn't have the best internet. I should open the garage door, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> oh, man. So uh, no, I do, I do find it interesting. You know, I, I love being able to to sit and just converse about this kind of stuff because, again, I'm a beginner and I love being able to hear your guys' input too, as far as what you have found successful to locate these birds because that's going to be a big part of me. Because yeah, I'm going to go out with somebody that has been doing this for a while, but eventually, I'm it's just going to be me, yeah. you know, and I and I want to be able to retain as much information as I possibly can. So yeah. Um, I think the number one, if I was to, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm not by any means like a, a, a turkey whisperer. I, I am not at all that experience. I've done a lot of research and like, for lack of a better term, practiced a lot in my couple of years that I have hunted turkeys. But the one thing that I know I battled with the most um, and that a lot of new guys battle with is learning to not overcall. Um, you tend to want to call. And then if two minutes go by, you don't hear anything, you walk and you're not paying very well, very good attention to your walking. Um, so you're probably spooking things away and you want to call and call and call until something responds. Um, so that would be my, my best tip is like, learn how to like hold yourself back from calling. Um, I think Bo Brooks, just put it he was on uh it might have been on working class bow hunter podcast he was he was talking no it was um cc hunt files with working class but he was talking about he sets a a timer on his phone um and i can't remember if it was like the 10 minute rule or what it was but um he'll set a timer so that he forces himself not to call too much um for eastern specifically um (laughs) But then it's also really difficult, like, you've got to gauge the bird when it when it does start gobbling. You've got to kind of feel that bird out because you don't want to overcall to a bird that's not all that fired up. And mm-hmm. you also, depending on how you're calling, like, I think one of the best things that, for me, that I, I took the time to learn is how to speak the language versus just speaking the language in terms of what a soft yelp means to a turkey, what a cluck and purr means to a turkey, what a real sharp, loud, fast cut sequence means to a turkey. Cause they, like they were talking about on that show, like if you get a bird that his personality is just not super aggressive, he's not all that fired up. He's kind of fired up. Maybe he's looking for a chill hen and you come out of the gate, just like that can turn that turkey off. 
he may have sure. been you may have been able to work him but if you if you get in his face and they they said it's kind of like when you go to a bar and you got a uh, you know that drunk girl and it's like hey and she's like hey i'm over here hey hey i'm over here hey. he's like yeah i know you told me 10 times like you don't want any part of that now and he's like it's kind of uh, like that with yeah. turkeys so learning learning the frequency of calling as well as like when you do call what are you saying to that turkey and kind of get i mean it's sure. that that's the that's the biggest part i think that i would say try to learn um just the different tones things like that but then you're gonna have to be in the woods and experience like you're gonna have to experience it to really solidify you know what you're doing and learn when to use those calls because even me like I wouldn't I think that on a mouth call and on a glass call I think I can I think I can call really well um and I I kind of have a general general understanding of when to use different tones different different types of calling but I don't have the experience completely there to to really really know I'm still in the phase of like I'm going to screw up and bust a lot of birds still sure. before I really figure that part out. But right. I, I think for me, the most important thing is just getting out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel, and it's kind of like the same thing that I learned with deer hunting two years ago. Um, was probably the most informative year I've ever had in the woods and I didn't kill a buck. Yeah. It was, it was probably one of my most enjoyable seasons in the woods as far as encounters go because of what I learned. I, I mean, and it's going to, it's more than likely whether I get a bird this year or not, I'm going to enjoy it because I'm out there learning what it's like to interact with turkeys. Right. So uh, that's, that's going to be the most important thing is regardless of if I get a bird, what did I learn from being out there and trying to accomplish harvesting a bird yeah so that 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 to me is what i what i'm most excited about is learning something new yeah um but anyways you were about to say something i followed that well no no i that's that's a great point and that's that's a great frame of mind to go into it with and really any any type of hunting like when you're more interested in learning versus punching a tag that's yeah. that's my whole thing is like a lot of people measure success on did you did you kill or didn't you and right. if you didn't notch your tag well then you had an unsuccessful year and it's to your point like no not at all like you need to get your right. get your perspective right you know and it's the the amount of things that you can learn i mean my gosh my first year of hunting was just atrocious but hmm. what I carried over into my second year of hunting from things that I, you know, you make such, when you're brand new, I don't know if you did specifically because you grew up into hunting, you had someone showing you. I had the internet when I was like 32. <laughs> I started hunting when I was like 32. <laughs> so like the things I did in like the first half of my first deer season, by the end of that first deer season, I was looking back and like, well, no wonder no wonder you're not yeah. seeing anything yeah. and you know so yep. that's a that's a, i will say this yeah i i may have grown up in hunting but i as a teenager i did not care about when <laughs> i always went 
I went to a specific tree because that's where my dad sat. I didn't take into consideration anything. Yeah. I'd be sitting in spots and deer would be blowing. I'd be like, I don't know what they're blowing at, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't, if I'm being honest with you, it wasn't until I picked up compound archery that I really started to focus it on like, okay, so I didn't know that that played a major fact in whether I saw deer or not, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. But again, it's just the, the mindset was just being out there and hopefully seeing deer. Yeah. But I will say if I could go back into my teen years and really understand, I feel like I could have killed a ton of deer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the encounters, the encounters that I had in those woods with some of the deer that I saw, they far outweigh what I've seen. I, I feel like, and again, I, I talk about this with my buddy Andrew all the time. I think a lot of times growing up, we don't really realize how aggressive we are <laughs> until, until you get older. You're like, my goodness, I was really aggressive. And yeah. I was, I didn't even know I was, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I had more encounters with bigger deer than I did then because of how aggressive I was. But you want to know how many times I had those encounters? It was usually once, right? right. <laughs> it was usually once. And after that, it, I just didn't care, you know? But now I would look, if I had that knowledge back, I probably would have a couple, a couple bangers <laughs> on the wall for sure. Yeah. So I learned last year, fellas, listen here. This is, this is crucial. That's, I learned it on the fly. I was bow hunting turkeys. There were four hens in the field. I watched them duff. I watched them do all their stuff, normal hen stuff. They were hollering. They were doing their things. And what I learned the most that counted was the cadence. See? It wasn't necessarily how they sounded, hmm. but yeah. it was that duck, 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 almost like a tempo. And then that freaking Tom come rolling in because hmm. they were all by themselves. I had my dick set out, my decoy in the middle of the field, 22 yard from me. Didn't have no mind to my Jake. They were just doing their own thing. And then that Tom come rolling in. And then I hit that same call that they hit with my mouth call best I could. Hmm. He hmm. turned buff right up came right into that jake d corn smoked his ass baby yeah <laughs> no that's heck yeah man that's a really really crucial good point that you bring up um because that's another thing that you hear people practicing you know we all want to post our like here i am in my truck nah, 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 nah. and mm -hmm. other hunters that i've heard on public as well um Cadence is a really important thing. I I don't know why. I think it's probably nerves. Um, but it seems like people want to call really, really fast. Um, to where, you know, you're it seems like almost everyone wants to start with that quick cut and then into a Yelp sequence. And it's it's always I've never heard a wild turkey yelp that fast. Right. You know, um, and, and again, it comes down to like, think about what that's saying. Why would a calm, comfortable hen who's just enjoying herself. Yeah. Like that. Who would mm -hmm. be attractive to a Tom? What would she be doing that she would be calling like that? And I think right. we trick our own minds into thinking like, well, we don't want to go too slow, but I, I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Cooter? You can I ask Brian too. What do you think in your experience 
What is your cadence? It's usually a little bit it is, slower, it's a lot isn't it? Slow. I'll normally do like a three or four. And then I hit that purr. See? Yep. If you can get that purr rolling just right, maybe they're coming in. They think that you're just settled in and you've got a good, calm spot. You've already scoped it out. Because them, them ladies, they know they ain't getting shot. That's that's legal as hell. Right? So they're like, hey. Yeah. Come on in, baby. Mm -hmm. It's safe. Mm -hmm. Let's go. I got my tail feathers up. Yeah. Yeah. I got a question. I mean, as far as like blind calling, because do you have blind call at all? Or if so, how not, often? I do not blind call whatsoever. I will literally walk into the woods, get a spot, and wait till I hear either a shot gobble or something, and I and I can kind of echo locate where they're roosted, right? And then right. I'm going to set my I'm going to set the stage realistically to try and get that bird to come to me. Um, I I don't. I will right. move. I will do whatever I have to do. Stay as close to the tree line in the woods and get as you know as concealment as possible because they're going to pick you off from a mile and a half away. I've seen it a hundred times. It's got to say, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to move a hundred yards this way, and then I'm just going to listen. Maybe throw out that crow call. See if you can get a shot gobble. Because a lot of times we talked about this prior to, they may not even come down from the roost until nine thirty, ten o'clock. You know, when, and their vision is prime right then mm. because they can see the sun is perfect. They can see everything. So they may not even just come down until they know it's safe. And then you better already have that stage set. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I. That's that's one. That's a the more I think about it, because like my first season, yes, I I pretty much only blind called. I didn't I didn't mess around with an owl hoot. I didn't mess around with a crow call. Um, I didn't have one. And I, I learned by watching the hunting public, watching seek one, watching. Yeah. I've watched uh, a lot of their videos yeah. too. And I, they're from my, from my memory, I, I don't watch them a whole lot anymore just because I'm, I'm just busy. I don't have time to watch YouTube a lot, yep. but, um, they seem to, yes, blind call on a glass call a lot. Like it seems like they almost do that more than anything when they're trying to locate birds mm -hmm. and, you know, to their credit, it works for them, but right. You know, things I've talked. I'm curious to, to know how many times it doesn't work, though. What's that? I'm curious to know how many times it doesn't work, though, right? Because obviously, you see, you see the success, right? On on YouTube, and and that's what they want you to see. They want you to see that success. They want to get you hooked. Yeah. The whole purpose is to, is to get that audience hooked. Yeah. And they do, but they're on the road a lot. And it's their daily drive. Yeah. That is their daily drive. So how many times do they not find success in doing that though? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. That's a thought process too. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, that's a great point. I, I would be curious about that too. And, you know, I'm sure if you were able to, to get them in a corner and ask them, I, I don't think they would lie to you about it, but no. yeah, it is, it is a, it is a show. And I mean, there's not, mm -hmm. there's a lot of Turkey and any hunting, but specifically Turkey, there's a lot of boring downtime, um, a lot of quiet time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't like to blind call just, I just don't, it doesn't, I, like I said, yeah. I don't want kind of like Brian said, I don't want them to know that I'm there until I need them to know that I'm there. And, uh, that's not to say that I, if I were to, crow call or owl hoot or whatever and get one to hammer back then i may transition into 
calling. Um, one situation that I had two years ago where I cut right to, it wasn't completely blind calling, but I was driving home and then I saw a Tom strutting out. He was, according to at the time Onyx, he was 350 yards away from public in a private field. And so I turned my truck around. I sped back to the private. I sprinted to the, just to where I could set up on the, on the public border. And I just hit a glass call really, really, really loud and aggressive. And, uh, sure enough, he came across out of that, came through the tree line into the next field. And I hit it again and he stood out there and he strutted. He was hung up out there at about Mm -hmm. 150 yards. Um, and I hit it one more time real loud, and then I just shut up because um, that's moving. That's an, another point. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He started coming in, and I think what happened, because I was, I didn't realize how good their sight was at that time, I would run up to the tree line just so I was in more in the clear, and I would hit that glass call. And when he came into the other field, I was up there, and I think when I went to – I went to move up. I hit it again to try to get him to come further. Um, he came into about 75 yards, and he, was, he wasn't he was running in, but he was moving. And I had to move myself back because I have to call him on to public to shoot him. Um, and right. I, think, I think he saw me because by the time I set back up and I was trying to look around, see where he was, he had busted out. He was, he was gone. The hen, a hen was with him. She cut into the woods onto public. That I think I spooked him out, but other than that, I yeah. Until I hear a bird and know that there's one there, I generally won't make turkey noises. Because you may, I mean, if you blind call, you could blind call somewhere and you're not really cognizant of where you're at. You may not have a spot to set up, and if you got one that that right. hammers pretty close, like you're screwed. Like there's nowhere for you to yeah. go. You know. Yeah. Um. And and. Another thing, and Brian or Cooter, you can talk to this too, is also knowing when to shut up. Because when they're, if they, if they hear you, if they hammer back and they're moving, you don't need to keep calling to them over and over and over because they already know where you're at. And if you can visually see they're moving in your direction, especially, just shut up, get them curious, make them come find you. You know, I, I've I've done it myself, and I've heard plenty of stories of guys like they start coming in, they hang up at like seventy five, and so they try to call again because they want him. They that you want that feeling of like, are you still interested? Are you still coming? Are you still interested? And you end up screwing mm-hmm. yourself because he figures out something ain't right with this situation. And right. uh, I've I've blown birds that way, getting too impatient and not letting them just come in. Like I, I wanted to know that you were still interested in me and like thinking that he must've forgot I was over here because he, he hasn't gobbled in three minutes. He must've forgot. And he didn't, he's just, he's coming in on his own. Yeah, right. they, I'm sure you all have seen the video on, it's always that funny video where that hunter was sitting on the trail and he had called and nothing, he didn't hear anything while he gets up and he, turns and walks away and next thing you know the bird walks out behind him on the trail and then runs yeah. up the trail when he sees him so yeah i mean i feel like, i feel like that's a fine example of what you're talking about yeah <laughs> you don't hear anything and the next thing boom they're there and they're gone yep yep and i i don't know what well, how about you cooter i mean yeah, i think you've experienced I've, that too I've found in that. terms of like 
They sneak yeah, up on you. When I call, if they cut me off in my sequence, I'll, I'll wait a second, maybe 17 seconds, and then I'll hit my call again. And if they cut me off again, I shut up. I don't say nothing. I don't do nothing else. Just wait. They know exactly where you're at, mm. and they're coming in hot, baby. You just need to be keep eyes peeled, get ready to go, because when that thing comes in, he's looking. And he is going to pick you off like you wouldn't yeah. believe. Man, that's like a fat girl riding a moped. He's coming in hot, mm. baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what is your what is your experience in terms of, uh, Brian Cooter, you don't, I, I think, um, I think we also, because we have human ears, uh, we think, we think like when we think of what a turkey's thinking, we think of it as if a turkey's got a human brain. Um, I think also I've done it and I've seen people do it where you think that you are being too quiet. Like, you know, if you think of like clucking and purring and scratching to me, I, I'm like, they're never going to hear that. Unless they're 10 feet from me, they're never going to hear that. Why are we even doing it? And I think we we discredit the, how well they can hear. And I think we try to amplify too much um, and we're too loud, especially when they get in close where, you know, you hear a lot of experienced guys that say, if they, if you, if you yelp and they cut you off, don't make another yelp, yep. just scratch leaves. Maybe do a little yeah. bit of real light clucking and purring. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, to me, who the hell's going to hear clucking and purring? Like, if you were sitting 20 feet from me, you wouldn't even hear me doing it. But they sure do. Or it seems like they do. Yeah. You know? THP does that a lot. I I noticed. They scratch those ground. Just that little bit of that right there. Just that. They're they're coming in, son. Hmm. They cut me off Hmm. twice. I hit that little box right there. Just like that, ever so slightly, and I'm getting primed up. It's go time, baby. I'm slapping a turkey. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, just as quiet as Brian just did that there is like literally what you're supposed to be doing. And wow. I mean, to me, like I said, it makes me question like, there's no way they're going to hear that. And then you do something too loud, and then they're like, oh, what is that? Yep. <laughs> and they're gone. You yeah. know, they, they don't they don't give you a second chance. They don't give you a mistake. Like you don't, you know, with a deer, maybe, maybe somehow you can, you can screw a situation up with a deer and they bound off maybe 10 yards and they stop. And they're kind of like, what was that? And they give you a shot opportunity. Like you don't get that with turkeys. Once they're gone, they're gone. You can, you can come back around and set up on them an hour later, but not in that moment. Right. I mean, it's, if you think about it, I mean, as soft as he was doing that little purr right there, if you're sitting, if you've ever been in the deer, wo- deer woods and you've just had turkeys around you and you've just listened to them, I mean, they're not loud and obnoxious. I mean, they're really no. not. They just kind of, they're just like, but that like little purr there, it's nothing loud. Yeah. I mean, I, and again, that's fall time that I'm talking about too. I don't know if that's their year round communication or not. I have no idea, but I mean, that's just my experience of being yeah. in the deer woods and hearing that. Yeah. That's just their, you know, when they're content, when they're feeding, when they feel safe and secure, you know, from yeah. what I've learned, that's their way of kind of, that's just, you know, it's kind of like when you're, 
chilling at home and you're comfortable and you feel safe and no one's around so you're confident and you just kind of sing to yourself real yeah. quiet right you know, yeah just things like that part. that's what i want to hear yeah yeah oh baby <laughs> oh man well hey cooter you got anything else i think we're coming think up on about it, an hour i mean I've, I've passed on as much knowledge as i have i can't read a whole lot of books and stuff so i recognize i, I realize the youtubes is a good knowledge piece but <laughs> They only show the highlights. That's like an ESPN highlight reel on the YouTubes. They don't – guess right. what? Me and Bobcat yeah. this year, we're going to get one of those um, Progos, and we're going to slap it on, and we're going to say, hey, this is <laughs> what failure looks like. We're going to get it real tight, and we're going to whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see that. Okay. <laughs> Oh man. Well, hey guys, we're we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. I think we got I think we got into some good conversation. Um especially like I said, if you're new or it's your first year or two or three, there's always something to learn. I mean, if you listen to guys who've been hunting right. turkeys 40 years, they're still learning every year. Um and that's what keeps mm-hmm. it fun, you know. If we were able to figure them out, none of us would be out there. If it was easy, none of us would be doing it. Um Right. I do want to take one second. Um, I've been, obviously I mentioned in the beginning, the, uh, terrible, terrible weather and stuff. It, it appears guys like my area may have cleared. Um, I think there might hey, be something that's coming, but we did just find out, um, my family in, in Arkansas, their town got oh. leveled. Um, oh, there to, to our knowledge, all of their houses are fine, but my sister-in-law, I think her business is gone. Their downtown's gone. Their schools are gone. Oh so, my goodness. Um, I'm going to say a quick prayer for them. Um, and then I do need to mention friends of the show too. What's up, brother? Uh, can we, can we add that the shooting in Nashville to that prayer list for the, yeah. at the end of conversation? Yeah, please. Absolutely. Uh, that's just been so heavy on my heart. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start it with, um, the, the Arkansas. And if you want to finish it with that, like yeah, I said, yeah, uh, absolutely. I know this is a hunting show guys. And I know that a lot of you might tune out right now, but, uh, prayer and Jesus is, is what our country, you know, we all need more than anything. So that's what this right. show is, is for first and for, for first. So we're going to do that. And then, uh, I'll rattle off friends of the show. We'll wrap it up and get out of here. Um, Lord, I, I thank you that as of right now, it seems like um, the storm kind of passed us. Um, I'm not sure if we have another wave coming or not, but um, I just want to specifically pray for um, when Arkansas, um, all of the areas that may have been affected, pray for them as well, um, but specifically for when, because that's where my family is and that's what I have knowledge of at the moment. Um for whatever reason, uh, it's in your plan that, that, that happened. And, um, there's going to be a lot of, of rebuilding. There's going to be a lot of hurt. There's gonna be a lot of sadness, a lot of questions. Um, and I just pray that, that you would bring your healing hand, bring your arms around that community. Um, everyone who's been affected there, um, everyone who, who is safe, my family, particularly, I, I thank you for, protecting them during that storm. And I just ask that you would fill their spirits with um, just some, some rest, some calm. Um, I know that it's going to take a lot of, a lot of strength to walk out and see it and get up and rebuild. And I just ask that you would, you would fill their hearts with just gladness that, that, that you are good. You are with them 
you will help them rebuild and ultimately um, you help them renew their city and and hopefully through this you are able to bring some more of your people um, into you and, and use this you know it is a tragic situation um, mm. but that that you would ultimately shine through it and uh, I just I, again I, I just want to pray for everybody down there what they're going through right now is unimaginable I I can only try to imagine what I would be thinking right now if I was down there. So please just be with them, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you knowing that you are the author of our lives. We thank you that you sent your son to die for us, uh, Lord, because we are sinners uh, and, and we need you on a day-to-day -day basis in our life. We thank you for grace. Um, Lord, most importantly, I'm, I'm thankful for salvation. Uh, and that home in heaven that's waiting for us, and which I'm grateful for. Uh, but right now, we, we come to the throne of grace, asking you to intervene in lives that, uh, Lord, certain things happen that are just completely out of our control. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be uh, with Vince's family in Arkansas during the situation uh, as he was just praying for. You know the needs. You know the work that is going to be needed to be done. But I pray that you'd uh, give the supplies that are going to be needed. Provide the finances, Lord. And I pray that this would be a smooth process, Lord. I know there's going to be a lot of grieving involved. But you are still God and you are still faithful. Yeah. Uh, through it all, you are still good. Uh, Lord, in this situation that happened in Nashville this past week, it, it was heavy on my heart. As a father, as a parent, you never want that to happen. You never think it can happen. <laughs> But Lord, it did happen, and I pray that you would give these families comfort through these tough times that they're facing with these children being gone, Lord. Mm -hmm. I pray that you would just be with us a nation as we need, we need you, Lord. And I pray that we would bow the knee to you. I pray that this nation would submit to the loving God that you are. You are a loving God, but Lord, you are also a just God. And there will come a day where we will come before you and we will either know you or you will say, depart from me. I never knew you. So Lord, I'm asking that you would reach down to these families, touch their hearts, Lord. And I pray that if there is an, if there's someone who doesn't know you through this situation, I pray that they would come to the saving grace of you, Lord. Yes. Thank you for this conversation that was happened uh, between uh, Brian, Vince and I tonight we thank you for the love that you show to us thankful for the friendship that's been created and the lord I, I pray that this would be a solemn foundation for you on this podcast each and every time it turns on lord in your name we pray amen amen amen, amen. all right well guys um i'm gonna run through friends of the show i usually do that in the beginning but i was excited just to hop right into it with you guys so make sure you guys are, are supporting and looking up the friends of the show they are um you know a big part of what keeps the show going so make sure you're checking out buzzard roost saddles now's a great time to get into one get yourself situated get yourself figured out so you can jump right into the woods next year um use code all caps aafp10 that's 10% off a Buzzard Roost saddle for you. Our Grounds Coffee Co., that's the official coffee of our podcast over here, and it's what keeps us going in the mornings, midday, and at night, depending on what we're doing. Um, Ed's got got a, I think he's 
I think he's got a roaster. Uh, I think he purchased one. He's getting everything ready to get that going. Um, if you use code all cap AFCO, that is going to get you 15% off over at our grounds coffee. Also more innovations, more innovations is a, is a really cool thing. Kyle's got going on. His company makes 3d printed archery related equipment. That's great for you guys who are working on your own bows and things. He's got a lot of caddies and different tools to keep everything all in one place. So you don't lose it because you know, heaven knows there's plenty of parts on a bow that are not, are not big, but they are very important. And if you lose one, you're kind of up a Creek. So check them out over at moreinnovations.com. Use code all caps, AFCO 10 for 10% over there. Two more guys. And we're almost there. Check out Adam's precision (laughs) archery for all of your archery related needs. But specifically, if you're looking into arrow builds, um, Dustin's really pumping out some great looking arrow builds. Um, he's got the reviews in terms of durability and killability, if that's a word. Um, they're not just good looking, they are solid arrow systems. So check Dustin out over at adamsprecisionarchery.com. If you use code all caps AFCO10, that'll get you 10% off your arrow build. And with as expensive as arrows are these days, uh, sign me up for 10% off. That that sounds pretty good Absolutely. to me. And uh, finally, last but not least, Spartan Forge. Guys, as you're going into turkey season, you're marking pins, you're wanting to see what the terrain looks like. Maybe you're going to a piece of public that you won't step foot on until you get there. It's out of state, whatever it may be. Spartan Forge has everything you could possibly need. They have the the terrain maps. They're, I think LiDAR is coming out real soon. I mean, it's it's insane the amount of data that is in that app that you can put into your hunting. So check them out. I think you can check them out for free. If you want to step up to the full subscription, use code AFCO, all caps, at SpartanForge.ai, and that'll get you 20% off your full subscription at Spartan Forge. All right, guys, that wraps it up. Bradley, thank you so much for coming on here. Cooter, it was a pleasure. Absolutely. Before we go, let everybody know where they can find each of you guys on Instagram and online so that they can, uh, you know, whatever they're missing right now, they can find you and figure it out. <laughs> go ahead, I'm a return guest on uh, Bobcats underscore and underscore broadheads for Whiskey Wednesdays because that's my favorite. That's when I have all my stuff going because I ain't allowed to have the internet any other time because I get, I get promiscuous on the internet. You know, I try to look up new stuff. <laughs> oh, did you hear that word? It's only you hear in that word promiscuous. It's the biggest three wheelers. I love old school ATCs, baby. <laughs> they just really do it for me. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the biggest word that, that Cooter knows. I'm proud I of you for using the model of the Honda. Yeah. <laughs> Where can they find you, Bradley? <laughs> so we're uh, we're on multiple platforms over here uh you can find us over at buckeye brothers outdoors on facebook instagram tiktok and youtube um we are out there on all platforms as much as we possibly can be uh also we just dropped our first video today of merchandise awesome t-shirts hoodies t-shirts hoodies and hats uh you can find it in our shopify which will be in our bio on instagram so we appreciate all you guys. And, and Vince, I, I appreciate you for uh, allowing me to come on here and represent me and my brother's page uh, and most importantly, represent Christ. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. This won't be the last time. So thanks awesome. you guys so much for coming on here. 
Hey, uh, make sure you're following us. We're at Antler Feather Co. on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, no TikTok. Never going to be TikTok. Um, but anywho, if you guys find found value in the show, if you like what we were talking about, if you were able to put something new into your arsenal and take out into the woods with you, make sure you follow the show and give us a good rating wherever you're listening. Um, ratings and reviews go a really long way in terms of getting the show out in front of more people. And the more people we get in front of, the better guests we bring on. Um, I think we've had a pretty good lineup for a long time. I'm very thankful for that. So continue to do that. And as we bring great guests on, have great conversation, that's ultimately going to make you more deadly in the woods. So for myself, Brian, Cooter, and Bradley, this is the Antler and Feather Co. Podcast. You are listening to the Antler and Feather Co. Podcast.